The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho, baby. Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho, mama. Talk is me. All right, welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll, and it's Friday. The presidential election is coming up on Tuesday. Donald Trump needs a haircut. Hillary needs to get rid of that terrible old lady hair that she has. But if you're not a Hillary or Trump supporter, I've got the only candidate that you can choose. For your consideration, I present Alice Cooper for president. That's right. He really is running for president. I've been trying to get Alice for a long time, and I got him. He's going to talk about his platform, which he'll tell you all about, as he tries to win your vote for presidency and sell you a T-shirt as well, which you can buy at AliceCooper.com. His slogan is the best, Make America Sick Again. Talk is Jericho is with you, Alice. We like that. He's also got some tremendous stories about the development of the Alice character in the early days of his, uh, of his career, the use of the guillotine on stage, the moving Frankenstein monster, the iconic makeup. You hear all about the original Hollywood vampires with John Lennon and Harry Nielsen. You hear about the recent Hollywood vampires with Joe Perry and Johnny Depp. He's going to talk about his friendship with the late, great John Lennon, and then his friendship with the late, uh, he's not late, but he's great, Johnny Depp, unless there's something I don't know. Rock and roll politics, all of it right here on Talk is Jericho with Alice Cooper for president. Make sure you cast your vote no matter what, whether you vote for Hillary or Donald or Alice Cooper, just go out and vote. It's the only way you can make your voice heard and help change America. Let's make America sick again. Alice Cooper for president coming up. Before we get to Alice Cooper, uh, Avenged Sevenfold Week happened uh, with Avenged Sevenfold, the stage last Friday when they dropped their brand new record uh, unbeknownst to the world and of course uh, Avenged Sevenfold The Road with Johnny Christ and uh, Matt Shadows talking about all their experiences on the road we talked uh, on the original podcast on the stage with the Shadows and Sinister Gates about the Voltaic Oceans uh, how it's the uh, name of the record that I created just out of the blue to um, to create a smoke screen to take any type of uh, attention off of the stage itself so that it would be able to drop and it would be a, a surprise. So Voltaic Oceans does not exist, but what I wanted you guys to do is Chuck Norris it and uh, hashtag Voltaic Oceans and make suggestions about the legend and the uh, the legacy and some of the rumors that you heard about Voltaic Oceans. So I'm going to go through some of them now uh, that I got on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho with the hashtag Voltaic Oceans. At Donnie Howard said, a Voltaic Oceans is so legendary, it put Jericho on the list. Nice. That's a good one. Um, let's see what else we got here. Taryn at Taryn 406 said, I heard that Voltaic Oceans is the only album to record it underwater. Hmm. That's a good one. 
at Taryn406 also said, if you play Voltaic Ocean backwards, it's the soundtrack to Harry and the Hendersons. At Radical Slurpee says, I heard that Voltaic Oceans was recorded in the Bermuda Triangle. I like this one. At Eric V. Carrillo says, I heard Voltaic Oceans is buying TNA. <laughs> you never know, right? Here's a good one. At Army Hammer 37 says, I heard that Voltaic Oceans was leaked by WikiLeaks in Hillary Clinton's emails, hence the deletions. You never know, right? Here's one for uh, Game of Thrones fans at Fair TK Moncada. I heard Voltaic Oceans created White Walkers. <laughs> at Reverend Hades, if you play Voltaic Oceans backwards, you can hear the location of the Fountain of Youth and a wicked recipe for curry. That's good. <laughs> At RB3 Burgundy says, I heard that Voltaic Oceans is solely responsible for preventing World War III. At Curls53 says, I heard that every physical copy of Voltaic Oceans has been buried in a secluded desert next to the ET Atari games. That's great. That's great. I like this one. At Paul underscore DDP underscore 666 says, Voltaic Oceans was in the Pulp Fiction suitcase. And he's got a picture of John Travolta looking in the suitcase with the light shining out, right? <laughs> a couple more here. At Geppetto Moriash says, Voltaic Oceans. I heard if you play Voltaic Oceans backwards, it says the walrus is M. Shadows. <laughs> At KFTX Forever said, I heard Voltaic Oceans was the one originally planned to beat Undertaker at WrestleMania. And the final one is at T-O-F-T Jeff, who said, I heard Voltaic Oceans put the bump in the bump, the bump, the bump. <laughs> there you go. Great, great uh, uh, contributions from all of you. Go into the Twitter at Talk is Jericho to give your Voltaic Oceans rumors and legends. Keep them coming. Hashtag Voltaic Oceans at Talk is Jericho. And uh, keep them coming right now. The great guests continue. Avenged Sevenfold Week is over. But right now, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Alice Cooper for president is going to be here. Talk is Jericho. So um, you were just telling me that uh, back in the day that the Alice Cooper original band lived on beer. We, we proved that it was a food source. <laughs> well, it's got grain in it. It's got grain. And We're honestly, we performed, never missed a show. Uh, everybody was healthy. But, you know, like when you're 22, you can get away with anything when you're 22. You're 22 years old. You sleep when you go to sleep. Mm -hmm. If it's in an airplane or in a, in, in, a, in a hotel or right before the show. The only time when you're really going full speed is on stage. Right. And, that, you know, same thing with you guys. Sure. When, when it's time to perform, you're 100%. You're on, right. But the rest of that time, people don't realize there's 22 more hours. <laughs> and you're on the road just kind of, and, it's, and I, I don't remember what I used to do before I played golf. <laughs> you, know. Well, you know what's funny though is, is you, you have a great quote that I use all the time where you said they don't pay me to play the show they pay me to yeah. be, to keep, be on the road or whatever what's the quote like yeah. to be there the other 22 and a half hours it takes to get to the show yeah that's right. it when you get to the show that's when they're paying you you know that's when you gotta be 100% my band knows that you know I, and you always find you gravitate you gravitate towards people that you trust Mm -hmm. Now, you know, later on in this career, now that you're going, it was fun having guy, wild cards in the band. Mm -hmm. Guys that were like, you know, Glenn was like total wild card. Uh, he was Mike the, the was drummer? Wild card. He was our lead guitar, guitar player. player right? But I mean, he was the guy that was like, you know, he was pure rock and roll. He was Keith Richards, <laughs> you know. Right, yeah. 
And, I mean, he died at 49. Wow. Because he, everybody, everybody got to that point where they quit, you know, and he just kept going full speed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, of course, by 49 years old, he, had, he was 70. When sure, right. And you've seen that quite a bit, like oh, a right. lot of different guys. I mean, I was just, I just read an article the other day with Keith Moon, yeah. and and you, I think there's actually a picture of you and Keith. Hanging oh, Keith out. and I were like best. We, you know, he'd come over to the house and just stay at the house. I'd come home and there'd be suitcases at the front door, and I'd go, and it was Keith. Uh, I'm staying for two weeks. And it's okay, you know. <laughs> and, and he was, I don't know how this guy. Every day was a, was a new could have been a movie mm-hmm. with him. You know, I, I came home one time, Cheryl and I came home, and Cheryl and I just married for one year. She's 19 and has no idea who Keith Moon is. And, <laughs> right. we, you know, I, I, I opened the door, and there he is standing there in a French maid's outfit. <laughs> and I, have, I have cleaned the room, you know. Uh, talking the, could the I have tonight off? For, and I went, yeah, Keith, you can have tonight off. And she's going, <laughs> who is he? <laughs> I said, he's the greatest drummer of all time. But you could see like the, the aging in Keith from about 72 to 76 where he's yeah. a pretty good-looking young guy. And then suddenly he just looked, like yeah. you said, like he was 50. It's, 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 you know, it gets to you really quick. And all of a sudden, you know, it may be if your genes aren't great, if you're, you know, if, who knows what your DNA does and everything like that. You know, but all of a sudden you look at a guy and you go, what happened? Mm-hmm. When I saw Glenn, I hadn't seen Glenn. We, the band broke up in 74, 75. And I hadn't seen Glenn in maybe 10 years. So we were in Iowa. And somebody says, hey, Glenn's here. And I went, oh, great. We'll bring him back. This girl got on the bus. Another girl got on the bus. And this little old man got on the bus. It was him. Mm. He looked like he was 75 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't the same guy that I would. He was a rock star. This guy was a rock star. I mean, you know, just to all see the that. way. He was Brian Jones. You know what <laughs> I mean? And now he was like Brian Jones' grandfather. <laughs> right, right, and right, it right. was three cigarettes, three packs of cigarettes a day, a bottle of gin a day, you know, and, and whatever else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who knows what else, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I watched the guy just go from, you know, 30 to 80, like in 10 years. You know. but, and you've been around so long, all of the famous guys. We, we, last time I saw you, we mentioned uh, Lemmy had just passed away. Yeah, Lemmy. But Lemmy be. could do that and pretty much looked the same from, you know, 80 to yeah, 2016. Yeah. Yeah. And Lemmy was great. I mean, Lemmy was everybody's best buddy, you know. Mm-hmm. You, know you being in the, in the music business and uh, in both businesses, here's Lemmy is one of those guys, sort of like a Hulk Hogan, <laughs> yeah. where everybody knows him, respects him. You know, you've been around forever. And the last thing he said to me, he says, Alice, he said, quit drinking whiskey. And I said, well, that's great. Let me, you know, and my breath, I'm going, a little late. <laughs> he said, drink vodka now. And I'm going, ah, good, because your liver will know the difference. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. But, but it was really weird. I saw him in London. We were at a, uh, one of those, one of the. You know, yeah, the classic rock yeah, awards. You, I hosted it. Yeah. You were there. Mm-hmm. And in fact, we walked up. His legs were the size of your arms. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was I, I was shocked, mm-hmm. and he was kind of yellow mm. and shaking a little bit. And I went, "Oh man, I've seen this." I, yeah, you've seen it before, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen this before, and then this guy hasn't got long. I could tell mm-hmm. in his voice, even, you know. But you know, we do tonight. We do Ace of Spades tonight. Do you? You know, in, in honor of Lemmy. Yeah. See, I, but that's the thing. Like you said, something very interesting to me because you're you're sixty eight, sixty eight, sixty eight years old, and you're still doing five shows a week. I'm in better shape now than I was when I was twenty eight. When I was twenty eight, I was a mess. 
because of <laughs> drinking or whatever. Yeah. yeah, every drug, every drink. Yeah. You, know, you know, it was just I was on my way to to joining the boys. Mm-hmm. You know, but at sixty eight. You know, I, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I never smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I'm very low stress. I haven't had a drink in 35 years. I've been married 40 years. That's the most impressive you thing. You know, and and she's in the show, and she's amazing in the show. And she was in the show when she was 18. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, she still has all her chops. Mm-hmm. She's better now than she was then. And And I think the fact that rock and roll has been such an energy in my life that it's charged me up. I, I, I sit next to guys in airplanes. And the guy will sit down, and he's overweight. He's got a gray suit on. He's got no hair, and he's wrinkled up and fat. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to be 59 next year. And I go, what? (laughs) (laughs) And you can see how stress Mm -hmm. can tear a guy just – and he buys into it. I'm 59, so i got to dress 59, and I've got to act 59. And I've got – you know, and I'm going, it's just an age. You, you, You dress the way you feel like you should look. You know, it's it's a great point. Like I find now, I'm 45, and as long as you try, you can still look young, feel young, act yeah. young. Because I had the same thing. I went to Applebee's the other day at the airport, and I some guys were beside me, and the same thing: fat, bald, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever. And then he's like, could you see? Can I see some ID, please? He was 39 years old. Jeez. Same same story. And I I'm know. like, dude, you know g- that guy. You know that guy's going out yeah. at about 50. You gave with up. a heart attack. Yeah, and and that's really true. But but of course, you know, I am in rock and roll. Yeah. And, and so rock and roll is, is the is the is the energy boost that you have, you know. Uh, every night I get to get up there and be Alice. <laughs> How much fun is that? Right. You know? And it's an aerobic. I come off the tour in better shape than I went on the tour before. Because yeah. I I come off the tour and I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but the thing is, too, like when you started, because now rock and roll, we're seeing like even Desert Trip is this weekend. It was last weekend. The Stones, oh. I think. Mick is 74 maybe McCartney's 74 those guys are in their mid-70s now and still doing this whereas probably when you started there was no such thing like if you're if you're 35 you're old you can't be in a rock band you know the line I hope I die before I get old (laughs) you know I mean old to us was 30 Mm -hmm. I mean if you got past 30 and still in this business that was kind of you know you're you're really in your twilight years there mm-hmm. none of us sat there went going 38 years from now i'm going to be touring and packing houses and doing better shows then now than I, that you know than at 68 then. than i was doing then mm-hmm. i mean certainly better singing now better band better everything like that and more fun which is the weirdest thing mm-hmm. i think you just have to live through it and get through it it's like navigating through a million minds you know, but Shep, of course, having Shep for 47 years, that was another thing I never had to stress out about, about finances. I never had to stress. He wouldn't, he wouldn't let us lose money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he wouldn't let me do stupid things with money. That has a lot to do with how st- stressed out what you are. What a team you guys are. Uh, yeah. I like mean, you, said. We, you know, I'll talk today to Shep. I haven't talked to him maybe two weeks. We'll go five months without talking. And really? I'll pick up the phone, and it's just like we just talked <laughs> yeah. yesterday because we know how each other think. And if he calls me up, I know it's something. If I call him up, he goes, okay, what is it? <laughs> you know, because that means there's something we got to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you talk about, like, I can think of a few examples. Ray Daniels with Rush. Yeah. Rod Smallwood with Maiden. Yeah. And Shep and Alice, yeah. where you guys started basically with nothing together. That's it. And created this empire. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and and... and that's such a rare thing to stick with a manager that long. It, it, it was part of that era, though. 
I think it was part of that era where we were all all starting together, mm-hmm. and it was sort of all or nothing. You know, we we all quit college. We all said we're going to do this. Okay, that means we're not going to stop until we do it. And that was Shep also. I think that what happens is your personality develops over all those trials and tribulations and things that go right and things that go wrong and you grow up together. Mm-hmm. Basically, Shep and I grew up together. Right. And and that, you know, and he handled it the way he handled it. I handled it the way I handled it. And I don't think Shep and I have ever had an argument That's about anything. That's unbelievable, right? You know, I mean, it was that. always kind of, we were both pretty logical about about looking at each other and going, okay, that makes sense. You know, you're drinking too much. And da-da-da. Yeah, I know. Da-da-da. You know, but it was never an argument. Mm-hmm. It was like, here's the facts, you know. Was Shep kind of like your accountability partner? No. He was my, he was my big brother. Mm-hmm. He was my big brother. And, you know, he was a couple years older than me. Had... He had he had New York street smarts, whereas I had had more Detroit street smarts, you know. And I said, I'll handle the artistic part. You handle the business part, which is going to be harder than mine. Mm-hmm. Because you, the, what you've got to navigate through is a, hunt, a million times harder than what I have to do. Mm-hmm. I just have to compete with Bowie and Elton and <laughs> Mick and all those guys. But for me, that's what I do. I'll carve out this 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 character that we own, this niche that we own in the rock business that'll never go away. And then you protect it. And that's really what we, what we did. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If you're talking about this Alice Cooper character that you created with all, like, you know, the guillotines and and the beheadings and, and all that sort of stuff, what was the first stunt that you had like the first set piece that you used. You know, the very, the very odd thing about this was when we were in Letterman's Club, three of us were four-year Letterman. Like in, in high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. in track and cross country. <laughs> Dennis and John Spear and I, who was the, the, the bulk of the band. And then we hired two of the worst juvenile delinquents in the school to be our guitar players. The guys that were in a fight every single night <laughs> that were smoking all the time and drinking. Those were our two guitar players. And then... Us three were jocks. We were jocks. <laughs> we were like unbeatable in cross country, seventy-two and zero. You know, we, nobody could beat us. Right. And so we got these guys all together. You know, and we put together. The Beatles came out, and I said it would be funny to do in the Letterman's Club talent show for us to get up with Beatle wigs on and do a Beatles song, but with track lyrics. <laughs> I'll beat you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> And we did that. Hired girls to scream and the whole thing. But the minute we got on stage and did that, we kind of looked at each other and went, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I really want to do this. And none of us had any experience. Dennis that summer learned bass. John learned drums. I, I just listened to everybody and picked up whatever I could, learned how to play harmonica. When we got back to school that year, we started playing parties. But the funny thing was the very first show we had, there was a guillotine. 
from our journalism class. If you if you were late with a journalism thing, we were all in journalism together also. Mm-hmm. You got put in the guillotine. And you had to stay there in the guillotine for a half an hour because you were late with your story. Oh, really? And I said, let's bring that on stage. And who knew that was going to end up being the Alice, you, you know, the trademark. Yeah. yeah. And, but how weird is that? We never went on stage when we didn't have something. I'd go backstage and there'd be a bucket and a mop. And I'd go, oh, that could be a girl. That could be a this, it could be that. And I would bring anything I could find and just improvise with it during the song. Because I said, well, you could do the song, but why not do, do something else with the song? Mm-hmm. And then that developed into, when we got, finally got money, saying, well, why don't we have a 12-foot Frankenstein? Why don't we? You know? <laughs> and and we, then we could afford it. Then, then the theatrics really came. You know. But those three theatrics, I remember watching you know, a lot of your shows where it's almost like a magician. Like, how'd you do that? Like, you're talking about the Frankenstein, the, the, the yeah. robot guy, yeah. and he would just collapse and there's nobody in right, there. Right, right, right. That was a good trick. It was a great <laughs> trick. So are you, uh, were you a magic fan or was someone bringing you these ideas? We had a guy named uh, Amazing Randy. Mm. The Amazing Randy was one of these great old vaudeville type of magicians. And I said, our show is more vaudeville than it is modern rock and roll. Let's keep it that. In other words, if we're going to have a toy box on stage, let's make it look homemade so the angles are off. Mm. And it's kind of like you look at it and you go, it's not quite right. All the costumes are handmade. This, so that, and every, the truck drivers are in the show. It's almost like the old carnival where the guy that takes the tickets is also the tightrope walker <laughs> right. and sells popcorn. And you, know, you do five things in the show. Yeah. So I said, I want to keep that sideshow feel to it mm-hmm. to that look and that's really what it was we would build our own light show we build our own props and everything like that when we got randy randy says well this is how you can do this and now we had money mm-hmm. we, you know we had three hit records in a row now we could build a, a gallows that actually worked right and a, and a, a you know a, a guillotine that really looked good and we i'd say what I think I saw that that bit with the boxes and the Frankenstein in a some other kind of ice capades or something, mm-hmm. and I went, "Call Randy, we got to do that." With, how do you do with, that? Yeah, how do we do that? And it was all done with a with a box where the person's in the box. Oh, so like the the bottom level box was the exactly. biggest exactly. So the person's laying in there. They put the box up and he crawls up in it, oh. and then he walks around, gets up there, crawls back out, and then they knock it over and it's yeah nobody in it. You know, and it's a great trick. <laughs> yeah, it works. And the great thing about it is rock and roll is not expecting it. Mm-hmm. If you were going to a magic show, you go okay. Well, I'm expecting eight magic tricks. During a rock concert, you're not expecting it, so you never know when that trick's going to happen. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ones was uh, we'd do Cold Ethel. And the Nightmare Show, I would take this doll, Cold Ethel, throw her all over the stage and just beat the hell out of her and throw her on this bed, right? And then I'd walk way over to this side of the stage. Now, when I walked over to this side, Cheryl switched with the dummy. The audience never saw it, right? So when I come back over to this side doing Only Women Bleed, the last thing they remember is this dummy just laying there. Now... All of a sudden, the dummy's leg goes up. And everybody goes, oh! And she gets up, and she does a full ballet. Wow. And the audience is like... And it's the simplest thing. You just draw their attention to the other side of the stage. Good, you're watching the it's just a switch. Yeah, yeah. Bait and switch. It's an easy switch. But that got so much reaction 
And I said, that's so easy to do. You know, if we, we could do a lot of that stuff. Just make the lyrics come to life. Right. If you say, welcome to my nightmare, don't just say it. Give them the nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, if you say, welcome to my nightmare, there better be a bed up there. And it better be a bed that, that some kid went to sleep and now it's these tortured souls that are welded to the bed. Mm-hmm. You know, because that wouldn't be his normal bed. He wakes up and he's on this bed. Are there things under the bed? Well, of course there are. <laughs> the dancers come out and they're, you know, horrific. Yeah. And the audience is not expecting any of this. Yeah. And they're just, you look at the, it's like springtime for Hitler, I call it, you know, for the yeah, producers. producers yeah. I looked at the audience and they're like, <laughs> you know, with their mouths open. And I went, yes, that's it. That's the look. See, but you, you mentioned something earlier, but you, you get to play Alice Cooper. Well, and I was talking to Meatloaf on this show, same idea. Um, we talk about Ozzy, come be turns. You, you, to, to be a great singer, there's a lot of acting. You have to commit absolutely. to what you're singing and, and believe it and oh, feel Mick, it. Mick doesn't walk around like the rooster. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> he becomes uh, that guy. Yeah. He's, he becomes the rooster. He's the, mm-hmm. he's the cock or the walk, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he owns it. Man, you know, when, when Mick Jagger walks up there, you, it, he never goes up there with this attitude of, gosh, I hope you like us tonight. He's committed. In, he's, he's into it. He's yeah. Mick Jagger. And right. he is the prototype lead singer. Mm-hmm. All of the other lead singers, we look at him mm-hmm. and go, that's the guy. There's your front man. You know. Yeah. But I tell this to guys all the time. Never go up on stage with an apology in your face. You walk up on stage, you own that place. They paid to see you. Now they want you to own them. For the next two hours, mm-hmm. they want that. They don't want you to be wimpy, you know. And unfortunately, I see so many bands now, young teenage bands that are just wimpy. Mm-hmm. They don't have any. They don't have any outlaw at all in them at all. And that's a great point. And that, not to say back in, in my day, but there's a lot of nameless, faceless bands. Very few. The, the, the biggest ones are, are, the, are the pop stars, you know, Kanye West and those yeah. type of guys. But for rock and roll, I can't think of the last. Alice, Mick, you yeah. know, Ozzy. There's a couple maybe in, in some of the heavier bands. Like Axel, Slipknot. you know, Axel. I think the metal bands are the only ones that have right. image anymore. Yeah. Are the only ones that get out there and, and kick your butt. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it used to be you go on stage and you were up against the MC5 or Iggy. And then after that, you had Bob Seger or Ted Nugent. Hmm. You better bring it, man. Yeah. <laughs> or or they're, all they're going to remember is those guys. Yeah. So it was a real friendly competition, that Detroit thing was. But, I mean, when I went on stage, I wasn't afraid of anybody. You know, first time I saw Iggy, though, that was the one. I looked at Iggy, and I went, I don't want to go on after him. <laughs> because he wore the audience out. Yeah. And then you'd have to get him back. You know, so I'd go, oh, man. Even to this day, it's funny. I just saw something recently where he uh, he said, I'm not going to the crowd anymore. I, I'm just not going to do it. And then three days later, he jumped in the crowd. Of course he did. And he went, I, they weren't feeling me. I had to get him going. He's, he's 70. No. he's. Know? And I'll tell you what, he's, he's still Iggy. I can see it in his face. I can see it in his attitude. Uh, I, I said, you know, Iggy is still great, takes his shirt off. Somebody should iron him. <laughs> Iron him just before the show. Iron him, and then you know. But I was, I wouldn't mess with Iggy. <laughs> yeah, I no. wouldn't mess with him, not one bit. Because he's got that out. Like, like you mentioned, outlaw. Yeah. There's danger there. There's you know, and the, the the one guy that I saw on stage that was the most dangerous guy, and it was built in. This was late '60s. We toured with the Doors. Jim Morrison 
was one of those guys wow. that you really didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Even the band didn't know what was going to happen. And we would sit there and we'd do our show and then they would come out and it would take him, they'd start with the, when, the, when the music's over, which had a big long introduction, and it would take him about five minutes to light a cigarette, mm. James Dean style. And then finally it was, yeah! And the place would go crazy. I yeah. mean, he was James Dean, right? right? But then you didn't know what he was going to do. I saw him jump into the audience. I saw him fall down. I saw him do, you know, things. And it was exciting to watch because you honestly didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. And, and that was outlaw. To me, that was really outlaw. Mm -hmm. Axel. Another perfect example. Axel is a great outlaw. Yeah. Because he might have a fight with the security guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, he's very unpredictable. And you kind of have to like that about rock and roll. Yeah. You know, Tony Bennett's not going to do that. <laughs> you know, Frank Sinatra maybe. maybe but Frank yeah. Sinatra was an outlaw. Mm -hmm. He really was. So, I mean, that's, that's what's missing in rock and roll now is attitude. I look at some bands and I go, you guys are great. Sell it. And they don't know what, you don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, go back and watch Pete Townsend. Nobody sells it better than Pete Townsend. <laughs> he gets up there. I saw him when he was well, maybe three years ago. Still, His knuckles are bleeding. Yeah. He smashed into that amp. Still and when he played plays with him, heavy, yeah. we sat there and just went. I said, he's still the epitome of what a rock guitar player should be mm. right there. Mm -hmm. And kids, it, it, they've forgotten that somehow. Yeah, which is, which is strange because you look back and you talk about all these guys are heroes. You know, everybody yeah. that you mentioned, when you're starting a band, it's like, I want to be like, yeah. you know, like these guys. Jeff Beck. Right, sure. You know, sure. the Yardbirds you yeah. were, were another one of those bands or the Kinks. And, you know, the, they all had a look. Mm -hmm. Right now, if, if the Kinks walked into the room back in those days, it was the Kinks. They had the you ruffled shirts. Yeah. And they had the Edwardian look. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If the Stones walked in, it was the Stones. Yeah. If the Beatles, well, it's the Beatles, you know. Mm -hmm, you now, it. eight bands could walk in here and I'd go, yeah. they're all interchangeable. Yeah. They don't have a look. I think the last band that had a look was what, the uh, the Brides, you know. Mm -hmm. That was the Black Veil Brides. Black was the Veil last Brides, band yeah. that's really got a look. Oh, totally, yeah. I love Andy. I love Black Veil Brides. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So why should you vote for Alice Cooper for president next Tuesday? He's going to tell you. He's revealing his ridiculously cool platform coming up. And I think you're going to dig his stance on some very important rock and roll issues. Cup holders in uh, airplane trays. What's so hard about that? Alice is going to explain that to you. But first, before we get back to Alice, let me say thank you to True Car and the True Car app, one of the longtime sponsors of Talk is Jericho, and one of the reasons why I'm able to feature these great guests twice a week. True Car. Only reason I have my Cadillac Escalade to drive around town when I'm home in Tampa. I used True Car to make the purchase. It was so fast and easy. I was in and out of the dealership in an hour and a half at 
It's so ridiculous when you think about buying a new car. It's usually hours and hours and hours. But if you're not looking to buy a new car, True Car, the True Car app can also help you buy a used car. Over a half a million pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. Uh, if you're whether you're looking for a brand new car or a gently used car, you can get upfront pricing information from True Car so you can enjoy a better buying experience. True Car and the True Car app lets you see what other people paid for the car you want so you can determine a fair price, feel confident when you buy that car, and True Car connects you with a local certified dealer of your Schwazen who's going to honor your guaranteed savings, which makes your car buying process quicker and easier, right? Remember this, True Car users save an average of $3,279 off MSRP, that's the sticker price, and over 2 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. If you want to buy a new car, if you want to buy a used car, go use True Car. It's cheaper. It's quicker. It's easier. It's what I did. You can do the same thing. True Car and TrueCar.com. Go check it out now. Let me talk about um, some of your outlaw friends. And you mentioned earlier the, the Hollywood Vampires, the band, which is great. And I want to talk about that. But I also yeah. want to talk about the original Hollywood Vampires. <laughs> what a collection of rogues. I read a book one time about W.C. Fields and Errol Flynn and Barrymore, all these great actors that drank all the time, right? And they had a drinking club. And when Barrymore died, they went to the funeral parlor and they took him. They sat him in the chair and they all sat and drank with <laughs> really? him sitting there. Dead. With his dead body there. Yeah, because he was one of the guys mm-hmm. and they had to have a final drink with him. And I realized that we were at the Rainbow every night and every night Harry Nielsen, Keith Moon, Bernie Toppin, Mickey Dolenz. You know, it, it was the same guys every night sitting John Lennon when he was in town. Um, Earlier than that, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, those guys. And I was doing the movie with uh, Johnny, and that's how that thing started. I just told him about this. Mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's exactly like the old W.C. Fields drinking club. It's a different drinking club at the Rainbow, and nobody ever saw us in the daytime, so the management started calling us the vampires because <laughs> they only saw us at night, and all we did was drank. You know, that's <laughs> kind of what vampires do. Right. You know? And... I said, that happened every night. And we would sit and wait to see what Keith Moon was going to wear. He was going to be the Queen of England one night, and he was, you know, he would, full out. He would show up in a, in a costume? Every night, every night. And we never knew what he was going to be. Right. And there, there were guests that would come in. You know, guys from ELO would come in. Guys from, uh, uh, like, I, like I said, uh, Bruce Springsteen came in. We were very young. Hmm. And all these guys would show up, and we'd all sit and drink. You know, uh, Michael Pollard. You know, wow. It was some strange actors that were involved in there, too. Um, that was the Hollywood Vampires. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a, the only place where you could go. You have to remember, our days were filled with interviews, recording, or touring. So when we, when we got there, that was the only place where we could go and not be in the music business. Mm-hmm. It was just every, you looked at everybody in the room and went, wow, mm-hmm. you know. I respect that guy. I respect that guy. I respect, you know. But a lot of times we didn't talk music. John and and Harry, all they they the drunker they got, the more political they got. Really. And I'd have to sit in the middle of them like a referee, like this. <laughs> you know. And John was this. If he said black, he said white. Mm-hmm. If he said Democrat, he said Republican. And it was just because British, one British guy, one Irish guy, and oh, okay. the, an American guy in the middle holding him back. <laughs> But I don't remember really talking about music. Mm-hmm. It was always just what happened. 
or just uh, the dudes hanging out. Yeah, yeah. It was it? Yeah. And that that was really the the Hollywood vampires. We didn't do anybody any social good at all. <laughs> we didn't have bake sales. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was uh, what was Lennon like as a guy just hanging out? Just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. He was just one of the guys, and so was Paul. Same thing. The Beatles were just like that. George was a little off, offish, but he was good. When you got him sitting down at Max's Kansas City, I'd go there with him, and you know, and he was one of the guys. Mm-hmm. But none of them had an air about them, which was great. John okay. was just one of the guys, and I think that's because they came from Liverpool. Uh, they, they, you know, they drank at the pubs. They were they they didn't come from royalty. Mm-hmm. They even kind of tried to deny their royalty in rock and roll. They wanted to be more. I think they wanted to be more one of the guys, mm-hmm. but they really were. I think too. You're talking about you're hanging out with other guys that that understand what's going on. There's nobody's going to try and take a picture, ask for an autograph. Yeah, you yeah. know, just dudes that all have careers playing yeah. music, right? Yeah. So you're talking about um, the Hollywood vampires now playing with Johnny Depp, yeah. who seems like the perfect guy. He's, for this. he's exactly the right guy. If he would have been there at that period, he would have been there <laughs> yeah, every yeah, yeah. single night because he's got an addictive personality like all of the guys in mm-hmm. the vampires did. And Joe would have been same thing. He was there know? as well, yeah. Um, I find that most guys that had drinking problems or drug problems had addictive personalities, and that probably had a lot to do with writing songs and touring. You have to be very methodical, kind of and almost a little bit off mm-hmm. to to be able to tour and write and and sustain it. Right, right. Um, so having a, an addictive personality is kind of okay in our business. It's it's not a bad thing, unless you're into heavy drugs, then you're going to die. Yeah, you know what you see. Um, but anyways, uh, I was telling him we did the Dark Shadows, and uh, my band decided they wanted to play the Hundred Club in London on Oxford Street because it you know. Everybody had played there. The Yardbirds had played there. And it only holds 100 people. Just one of those places. Room. Yeah. yeah. And I said, Johnny, do you want to come down and play tonight? And he goes, yeah. I said, he has guitar there. And he had an amp. He brought his amp on to England. <laughs> just that. I didn't know how much he played. He played a lot when he's not working. Because he, he originally came to Hollywood to be a musician. He was a good, good guitar yeah. player. In fact, Joe Perry takes lessons from Johnny. Really? Yeah. Wow. Which is... Which is that's pretty, pretty amazing. revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And he came up, played with us, and nailed it. <laughs> Someone in the audience would say, back in the USSR. Okay. Brown sugar. Because so, we were all bar bands before. That's, that's yeah. all we really were. And I was at Johnny's house, sitting there. Talking. After, after this is all done, you know, we finished the thing. And I'm talking to him, and... I said, it'd be great to put a band together, just a fun off thing, Hollywood vampires, and kind of do a tribute to all of our dead drunk friends. <laughs> Bob Ezrin was there. He goes, I'll produce it. Right then, Joe Perry walked in. He was staying at one of Johnny's houses, right? <laughs> and he comes in. He goes, I'm in. And I said, in what? And he goes, I don't know. Whatever you guys are talking about, I'm in. <laughs> and I went, we got two lead guitar players and a singer now, you know. Yeah. And Duff said, I'm in. You know, and this before Guns N' Roses got back together. Right. We said, who's going to be our drummer? Matt Sorm said, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, um, and pretty soon it was a band. Mm-hmm. And we were recording. And, you know, how when you're recording, it's one thing to know Paul McCartney. 
Right. It's another thing to be in the studio with Paul McCartney. So he showed up to play on the record. Came in. How did you get that? It's, I think Johnny called him up, just said, John. I've known Paul for 35 years, but I mean, I never would ever think to call him to come yeah. to sing on the vampires. Mm-hmm. You know, and he comes in. Hey, guys, sits down at the piano. Okay, uh, this is a song I wrote for Badfinger. And uh, th- it'd be a great song for the album like this, you know, and and we're all, everybody's in their guitars, you know, and I've got the mic in front of me. And he turns around to play the piano, and we all go, "Yeah, like holy shit, it's Paul McCartney!" McCartney. <laughs> I mean, Johnny's looking at me going. <laughs> so he gets done. You know, we do the song in three takes. Mm-hmm. We did it live, three takes. What's the name of the song? Um, if you want it oh, anytime, yeah, yeah, right. come and get it. And he sang it. I sang this part. He said, "You sing the middle part. And I'll I'll sing on top of it." And, and we did it in three takes. And he goes, "You want me to play bass on this, Alice?" Went, no, Paul, we have a better bass player than you. <laughs> of course we want you to play bass on this. He brings out the Hofner bass. Ooh, the classic. And, no, we're talking about, he opens it up, and it's like the Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the Ark and Covenant, yeah, yeah. you know, in Indiana yeah. Jones, where you look in and your face melts, you know. <laughs> and we're all standing there looking in. It's the bass, the left-handed Hofner bass. Mm. Probably the most iconic thing in rock music. Most iconic instrument probably ever. ever. Yeah. Maybe the Les Paul, but that's for everybody. But that guitar, only had the, there was only one that looked like that. Yeah. And he picks it up, and he goes, it's a piece of wood. You know, and he throws it over to John. He says, you want to play it? <laughs> you know, his <laughs> guitar's worth $5 million. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that's the great thing about Paul. He's just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And every time I see him, he goes, am I still a vampire? And I go, once you're in, you don't get out. <laughs> You know. Only one way out. <laughs> now, you're obviously an iconic guy, super famous in rock and roll, but when you're playing with Johnny Depp, that's a whole other level of, 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 of fame, right? It's the bit difference between when we play a show. Mm-hmm. We, we played Sweden, and there's the audience, and it goes from 15 to 50. You know, the old fans, the new fans, and everything like that. And they're wild of rocking with us. That's great. You know, 20,000 people, great. Play the vampires. There's 20,000 blonde girls, and they're all looking over here. <laughs> yeah, the guys the in the band are over. Hey, guys. Hey. You know, wherever he went is where the eyes went, mm-hmm. you know. And Johnny knows how to play it. You know, when he gets on stage, I, you know, I said, you know, I said, you're a rock star now. Play it. Yeah. You know, be it. Yeah. And he struts his stuff up there, you know, and, and he plays great. He could back it up. You know, he can back it up with his playing. And I said, that's it, man. You got it. You know, that's all That's all there is to it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Shep was saying sometimes you guys do VIP meet and greets and people will come just to meet Johnny and kind of don't even acknowledge you we guys. right past Joe and I. You know, other t- the weird thing was other times, girl would come over to Joe, you're everything to me, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, hi, Johnny. Right. And the other ones come in and go, Alice. Oh, man, Alice. You know, yeah, great. Good to see you two guys. But, <laughs> but most of the time... We'd have 80 people that VIP passes, mostly older girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Johnny would spend a minute with each one of them. Mm-hmm. Big hug, big kiss, big, you know, mm-hmm. what's your name? How are you doing? Everything like that. And I, I'd go, Johnny, we got 80 people. We got it. <laughs> you got to keep going. We got to keep moving. But I, I mean, he was that, that personal with everybody. It wasn't just a fluff off. Mm-hmm. He treated everybody really, really well. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was great to see. You know, because, you know, who knows? You, right. you know a guy, and then you, you get in a different situation, you don't know what he's going to be. Yeah. You know, and this guy was so genuine that it was like, jeez, 
How much fun is this? Yeah, yeah. There's no ego in this, ego on stage, but not off stage, and that's the coolest thing. Will you guys do more Hollywood vampire stuff? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know he wants to. Mm-hmm. I know we're doing the Christmas pudding. There's this charity thing I do with uh, for Solid Rock Foundation, mm-hmm. and uh, the vampires are playing at that. Great. And the vampires, Corn, uh, Sammy Hagar, and Gin Blossoms, and Dweezil. Oh, Dweezil's going to come yeah. in too. Yeah, we were and talk- I think Butch Walker. Oh, oh, Butch. Yeah, Butch is great. Yeah, great, man. Yeah. He played on the first Fozzie record. So you're talking about before, we were mentioning some of these props and stuff that you use. Have you ever been hurt on stage from, one, from any of these things? You know, you have. Everybody has their spinal tap moments. And the more props you put up there with moving parts, the more you're going <laughs> to, you know, you don't realize how much stress is on a piano wire that's holding you up when you get hung. Every night it has that thing where your body falls down, full weight of it. There's there's a noose, and then there's a piano wire behind it. And when they put the thing around my neck, they connect the wire to the back of my that's under my hair. You don't see it, mm-hmm. so it's that much shorter than the noose. So of course you stop before you hit the actual. Right, so in short, that's how so, the yeah. trick is done on, yeah. in the movies, everything. And London, getting to London. And we've done it maybe 500 times. And, of course, and the thing snaps. And I feel the rope hit me right here. And, you know, you have this self-preservation thing in your body that you you have no control over. And it went. And the thing went up over my, before it could tighten, it went. My my whole brain told me, snap your head back. Hmm. And the rope just burned like this. And I went down through the thing. And it did knock me out for a few minutes because mm. I went straight down and hit my head on something. Sure. And after that, I went, whatever that wire is, let's make it three times heavier than that. We were going to stop doing it because I knew it was a freak accident. Yeah. You know, I said, but boy, that was close. You could have literally guys. really hung, been uh, hung on stage. Been, it would have been the real thing. You like know, Alice Cooper dies on stage. Well, here's the t- I've always wanted this about the show. When I go to the circus... I said, get with my kids to the circus, and I see the guy on the tight wire up there, or the trapeze, makes me nervous mm-hmm. because they have to be so good at what the guy gets into a cage with tigers mm-hmm. that don't know they're in a show. All they know is that that guy's on the menu. He has a chair and a whip. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens if they go hell with the chair and the whip? It's going to kill this guy. I want that element in the show. The element of danger. The element of danger. Same thing you guys do. Right. There's the yeah, element of right. somebody could really get their neck broken That's up here. That's a great here. point. You know, you guys are athletes. Mm-hmm. You guys have to be trained. You have to know what you're doing up there. No, I have to know how to fall, how yeah. to take a chair, how to take whatever it is. A live stunt show. It's So when we do the guillotine, it's a 40-pound blade, hmm. and it's a real blade. It misses me by that much. It misses Very me by inches. four inches Wow. At every single night. But the closer you get it down there, the better it looks. And the audience has got to understand that could go wrong. Sure. And so, but if I, if I get rid of that element, then it's just a toy. You, know, you have do, to have some danger involved in that. How does that gag work? Do you have to pull your head or does it does it? No, you could, it's, it hits a thing that releases you and a thing flaps down behind you. So it really does look like your head comes off. Mm-hmm. But it literally only misses you by three inches. Yeah. <laughs> margin of error, right? Margin of error, but you know. I learned how to do it from from stunt guys, you know, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I really, really learned how to do it, and I tell people all the time, 
don't build one of these. Like go home and try to work it because <laughs> yeah, you do know, not try this at home. It's like jackass, you know. <laughs> don't ever try this stuff. Yeah. These guys are morons, you know. <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you about WrestleMania two. When you uh, you at the Pontiac Silverdome, I had no idea how theatrical this thing was. Interesting. I had no idea. First of all, it's my hometown, right? In Detroit, there's ninety thousand people mm-hmm. in the Silverdome. Sixty thousand of them are old women with gray hair yelling, <laughs> "Kill him!" <laughs> and you're going, "What?" <laughs> you know, I mean, this is an angry mob. Yeah, and they all have their favorite guy. Mm-hmm. One, the junkyard dog. That's their guy. Yeah, and those guys were like classic rock guys. Yeah, they were the classic wrestlers. Right. You had Andre the Giant. You had you know every guy you could think. Ric Flair. All these guys that were just the top of the game right then. Mm -hmm. And what was amazing to me was backstage, everybody's back there going, "Okay, now when I hit you with the chair, you're going to come up." And you're going to elbow me out of the thing, you know. And I went, oh, it's choreographed. What I didn't realize is that when they hit him with a chair, they hit him with a chair. <laughs> when he elbows him, he elbows him. And these are big boys. Right. And I was laughing so hard at one point. I'm backstage and I'm sitting there. And I'm all new to this, but I, I dig it. I understand it now. I get it. It's a great show. Mm-hmm. And there's three midgets yelling at the top of their lungs at Andre the Giant. And they're going, you're not supposed to slam us. You're like, well, I'm sorry, you know. It was, the, it was I said, if people could see this, uh-huh. this is great. Yeah, yeah, I always say they should make a reality show of what happens backstage. Oh, my gosh. At, at and these guys with the razor blades above the eye of their mm-hmm. house, and that's all real stuff. You know, the guy says, yeah, I cut myself right here, you know, every night because the thin, skin is thinnest right there. Above the eyebrow, You can yeah. just do a little cut. and yeah. And, but but these guys were, you know, we're, we're like at that time, that was that Cindy Lauper mm-hmm. rock and wrestling beginning thing. of a rock and wrestling where rock, where wrestlers became rock stars, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hogan and all those guys were the guys, Randy Savage, was, yeah, Randy Macho Savage. Man. Yeah, Macho and you Man. you came out with Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake the Snake. I came yeah. out with Jake the Snake and he's got this boa constrictor that has got a bad attitude. All my constrictors are really well taken care of. He throws this thing around like it's nothing. So this thing's snapping at people. I mean, its head is as big as my hand, and it's angry. And I'm going, you know, you should really take care of this a little, you know, let the snake know it's part of the show. And I'm telling you, this snake was about, that was probably a 15-foot snake, and that big around. So if it was angry, it was angry. And it, you know, it will squish you, basically. And, it, and it, if it bit you, it would take your hand off. Right. I mean, you know. So I was very careful. They had to actually tape the, the tape mouth, mouth shut because it would have bitten everybody there. Wow. But it was, you know, it was not a nice snake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that was fun. I mean, we, we all talked to her, you know, uh, heart, I'm going to take this guitar, I'm going to break it over your head. Yeah. Right? And I said, really? You want me to break it? She said, oh, yeah. Just all out, you know. And I'm oh, going. Did you break the guitar? You broke the guitar. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And I said, I'm, I'm there. Where he said, just over the, the flat of my back. He says it's cut a little bit, so it'll break a little bit easier. And I went, okay. So I was involved in a whole new kind of theater there, but I really understood it. And I got it, you know. I said, all this needs is music. Look, yeah. there's not a band playing right. when this is all happening. 
Because people say that for me, like, you know, doing music and wrestling. And it's yeah. like, well, what's the, it's not what's the difference. There's a lot of similarities between very, the two. Very similar. And it's all based around, like you said, the theatrics connecting with an audience. Yeah. Which is always the part of a live entertainment. No matter and you've got to play be. it to the audience. Absolutely. The you commitment. Know, if that you're we're the bad about. guy, be the baddest Absolutely. guy. If you're the good guy, yeah. be sympathetic. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So we're getting down to it here, and uh, I wanted to bring this up because it's probably the worst two political candidates <laughs> in the history of uh, of the United States uh, presidential game. You couldn't write these you two. You couldn't. If you were Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> and you decided, I'm going to write two candidates, one yeah. is going to be this womanizing billionaire. Right. With That's overblown with the hair and, and everything he says. Every single thing he says, he shoots himself in the foot. Right. And every time he does, he gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst and his people, fans. And everybody no in, in the whole country is going, how is this possible? Right. You know, then you've got Hillary who comes from Bill and Hillary. And there's always this little mysterious thing going on over here. You know, especially with Bill being the president before. Yeah. Hillary, she's the insider. Maybe two inside. Yeah. You know, first woman to run. You want to like her, mm -hmm. but you don't trust her. You know, you couldn't write these two characters as the only two people that America wants to run for president. Right. Out of all the people. Out of, yeah. We have 50 people could have been. the pre <laughs> And we picked these two. Yeah. It just shows us America is fairly insane. Right. Yes. It makes me feel better. You know, but... You're right. It's it's the craziest. There are comedians coming out of retirement mm -hmm. just because it's so easy. <laughs> it's a softball, right? The material. Those, the, talk show, <laughs> the talk show host must be just loving this, right? Uh, For the when, when it came down to these two, these guys were going, oh, my gosh. Thank you. We Saturday Night Live. Saturday Night Live was just going, how much fun are we going to have with this? We thought Bush was fun. <laughs> right. This is going to be. Now we got two. This is like a box of chocolates here. <laughs> but there is an alternative because Alice Cooper is running for president. So you know, you... I, I felt that the most. I First of all, I don't believe rock and roll and, and politics belong in bed together at all. Yeah, right. At all. When mm -hmm. I was a kid, my mom and dad would be talking about who should we vote for, taxes. Blah, blah, blah. I'd go in my room and put on the Beatles as loud as I could hear it so I didn't have to hear about it. I always thought that they were diametrically opposed. Mm -hmm. the, all the old responsible people, let them take care of politics. Yeah. Rock and rollers are over here going, eh. Yeah, play music so you, you know, forget I'm about it. Okay. Now, I don't consider what Springsteen and Sting and Bono do is political. I mm -hmm. think they do humanitarian, and I'm all for that. Yeah. I'm 100% for that. Angelina Jolie, she spends her own dime, goes over there and brings water to villages. Wow, how cool is that? I'm all over that. Mm -hmm. When it comes to somebody getting up there and saying, if you don't vote for the guy I want you to vote for, you're not my fan. 
that's when it's unfair mm -hmm. because it's too easy to treat your audience like sheep. Right. And it's almost you hold it over them. You know, and that, that to me is where politics and rock and roll don't belong together. E uh, movie stars either. Mm -hmm. You know, you have your favorite movie star, and he says, well, I'm voting for this guy because I like it. And all of a sudden now you go, well, I really like him as a movie star. I should probably vote the way he is going. You're not voting for the candidate then. You're voting for the movie star. Yeah, yeah, good point. And, and to me, that's where it's unfair. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and, and that's just my opinion. There's other people that will say, hey, we have our voice too. And I go, Absolutely. You do, and you may may be totally right, but my opinion is they don't belong in bed together. But on the ballot this year, Alice Cooper's name will be on it? Oh, absolutely. Put my name up there right? because look at it this way. Nobody's voting for a candidate this year. They're voting against the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's, if you're voting for Hillary, it's because you don't want Trump in. Yeah. <laughs> if you're voting for Trump, it's because you don't want Hillary in. Yeah. Nobody's actually going, oh, I really got to have that guy. <laughs> yeah, sure. But you've got... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a lot of votes. <laughs> yeah. Think away from people. Right. Yeah. I voted for Doug Henning in 1992 in the Canadian election because they're both such idiots. And he said, if I can make the de uh, an elephant disappear, I can make the deficit disappear. And I was like, I voted for him. So you have some. Well, did you know, though, this is, this is what I love about Canada. The political parties here are liberal. Is it, is it? liberal uh, and uh, PC, progressive conservative. And Jedi. Do you know there's 50,000 people registered as Jedi? In Canada. <laughs> I did not know that. Yes. I, I love that. I didn't know that. I love that because I'm going to put down what party am I in? Sith. <laughs> the Sith. Yeah, Sith. You're you know. against the Jedi. <laughs> but you got some, uh, you got some good platforms here. Uh, uh, Brian jo getting Brian Johnson back in ACDC. Now, there's got to be a way to get him hearing again. And, you know? and it's not because Axel's not good. No, right. Axel's the only guy that could have done that. I agree. I think Axel had the only voice, the only range, the love of Image. their music, the image to make that work. So it was a perfect combination. But, you know, Brian Johnson's not done. Mm -hmm. Come on, let's get him back in there. So you make, you make president, you're going to actually get him in there. Get him back in there. Uh, uh, adding Lemmy to Mount Rushmore. Absolutely. That's just a face you can't forget, right? Yeah. You got to put it. There should be a rock Mount Rushmore. There should be. They yeah. should replace because no one knows who's on Mount Rushmore anyways. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're Lincoln. Right. Teddy Roosevelt. Is Roosevelt Jefferson, on there? Washington. And... Washington, yeah. Okay, so we think those are the four. Yeah. Okay, so but if you could take those down, if you had to take one of those faces. Well, no, out. leave them there. Just do another oh, one. Okay, do another one. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of rock around. You know? <laughs> Go to North Dakota. Give them something. Uh, Groucho Marx on the $50 bill. Who better? Perfect. I mean, the guy is like, he's still as funny as he ever was, even <laughs> when he's not here. He was the all-American guy. Presidents used to write to Groucho Marx to get his opinion on certain really? things. Really? President Truman, Eisenhower, guys like that would write to, to Groucho, and he would, they would say, what's your take on this guy Tito from Hungary mm -hmm. uh, or from Czech Republic or wherever it was from? Uh, what's your take on this Castro guy? Well, it's a, really? He was like a Kissinger kind of character. Huh. And that was apart from you know, being Groucho Marx. Because he used to hang out with him, right? Yeah. He's, this guy was sharp as a tack, man. You know, hmm. I mean, and Groucho. How could you, you look at him, you just start laughing. Mm -hmm. You have to. So, you, yeah, he deserves to be, have something. He's on the, I like this one. This one is, 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 I was thinking about it yesterday, as a matter of fact. Cup holders required for every airplane seat. How, is that a no-brainer or what? The most no-brainer thing. You get in an airplane, they give you a slick little thing that comes down, and they give you a plastic cup that's going to go everywhere. Right. Just drill a hole. A little hole. How hard is that? 
Just drill a hole. <laughs> put, a, put a lid on it with a straw. No, because you're right. Every time you get a coffee or whatever, it's sliding around, yeah. and I'm always scared. It, 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 it's going to fall off. Of course it is. You know? My wife, she starts going to sleep, and she's got coffee. Yeah. We're taking off, and I'm holding five things. You know, we get a cup holder? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is a good one, too. Ban on talking during movies oh, and movie man. theaters. Yeah. There should just be like some sort of like an ejection seat. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that takes his phone out and starts doing all this shoo- just gone. Yeah. Yeah. An old school uh, yeah. James Bond where they just opens up and he falls into a pit of sharks. Right. Bam. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and especially, uh, you know, there are other ones that I didn't put in there that, that are so logical. Tell me that this isn't logical. I'm the president of the United States. I'm going to go to war against this country because they did bad things and we're going to go get them. I take every 18, 19, 20, 21-year-old kid out of the Army I go to every prison, and I take all the guys that are good at what they do, all the murderers, all the gang guys, and you put them in the front line. Because hmm. what are they good at? Hmm. That. Right. Killing. <laughs> and if I'm in the other army, I'm going, what? <laughs> Their whole front line is guys that like to do this, yeah. not a bunch of kids that don't want to do this? Right. Okay. So now you've got the tool that fits the job, right? Yeah. Then you tell the leaders of the other country. Well, by the way, we have about 20 serial killers, Hannibal Lecters, that are geniuses. And we're going to set them on you guys. They're after you. They're coming after you. And we're funding them. Anything you need. Hmm. If I were, I'd be going. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, the tool that fits the job. Absolutely. If you're going to have an army, have a terrifying army. You know. And how do you do that? You take all the guys that are just sitting there that are good at killing people, mm-hmm. putting them in a line where they kill people. Right. That's it. <laughs> Take the kids out here and make them computer guys <laughs> to tell the guys that kill people where to go. Where to go, yeah. And then you also have the last one, which is a ban on selfies, except for a national sel- selfie day. It's like the purge. Yeah. You know, selfie day where everybody has to take selfies all day. And then after that, you never see it. You never see it. Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like now, you don't, like, you don't even have to commit. Everyone has a phone. Like back in the day, you want to take a picture, you had to bring your camera. Like, yeah. I want to meet Alice Cooper. I need to bring my camera. Oh, it's the worst. Whoever invented the camera in the, in the phone is my least favorite person on the planet. Is it hard for you to, to walk around? Does everyone want I to never picture? say no to anybody, yeah. first of all. Right. So I'm committed to it. But if somebody comes up and says, can I take a selfie? Yes. Mm-hmm. Can I? Yes, yes. And you and I, of course. So I'm, I'm the perfect target for this. Mm-hmm. I have never said no. I'm not taking a selfie. But now, since I do have control of backstage at the VIP, all he collects all the cell phones. He's going to do professional photographs. Right. We take the cell phones and we put them in the bag where the snake is. <laughs> You want your cell phone? <laughs> Go get it. <laughs> the end of the thing, we take them out and hand them their cell phones back. But no selfies during the VIP. <laughs> that's great, man. So that's it. Alice, so if you, you have your opportunity, America, to vote for Alice Cooper for president, and I think it could be one of those things where you might actually win, Alice. You know, this is my if – you, if you took the biggest computer and you, and you spit out everybody's qualifications mm-hmm. into that computer and said, pick – the two people that should run for president, it would probably be a pharmacist in Iowa and some lady that runs a flower shop in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And because they have all the rights, <laughs> put them in. Those are the two people that should run the country right there. Yeah. 
the real people. The real, the real people that actually could do some good. The real smart guys aren't running for president. <laughs> They're running the other way, going, I want to be the dagger behind the king, right? I want to be the... the... Yeah, yeah, the pulling the strings. Yeah. Last two questions. I always wondered, how did you come up with the, the classic Alice Cooper makeup design? You know, that was... Uh, it first started out with just the you know the spider eyes because mm-hmm. that was the easiest thing to do I was just backstage and I just went oh, I'll just put all these spider look like a spider in my eyes then I went from there to the I think I saw a painting of a clown oh, right. that had the black and then the things and then this and this looked like fangs and this mouth, looked yeah. there was something really really villainous mm-hmm. about it Macabre, you know yeah. yeah it just had it and it and I was the villain anyways my face I had the I didn't have a hero face. I had the villain face, yeah. and I went, more than happy to play the villain, guys. You know, Is that when you really become Alice Cooper, when you get that makeup on? When you on? put the makeup on, and you, you're dressed out, and the guys, and you, the, I know what the songs are going to be. I know what the reaction's going to be. Nothing more fun than that. You know, golf is fun. Yeah. Playing Alice is, is really fun. fun. Yeah. Last question, what's your favorite song to play live after all these years? You know, it that it's like picking your favorite child. Yeah, right. I think Poison right now is the wow. is the one that's the most fun. School's out, of course. Of course, is the party, mm-hmm. and Elected now is even a bigger party, right? Because you know they right. both come out. Hillary and Trump come out. Yeah, yeah, and he pinches her on the butt. She smacks him in the face. <laughs> you know, they give a big kiss. I mean, there's a big kiss, and the audience just goes, "Oh my god!" You know, and that's fun to do. But rock and roll songs. You would think that you would really get tired of these songs, Under My Wheels and Nice Guy and all that. The minute you start that song and that chord and the audience reacts to it, mm-hmm. it's brand new. Right. You know, so School's Out will always be, uh, you know, the, the signature song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 18, I mean, that's with a crutch. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't. That's, that's, that's pretty a lot of fun to do that. It's funny. My, my son is 13 now, but a couple of years ago, every year that when they get out of school, they play Schools Out. They all know who you are. It's the national anthem. It just keeps the generations keep going and going where they know Alice Cooper School's Out because School's Out, man. Well, everybody gets one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, if I think if somebody were going to say the Rolling Stones, Satisfaction, mm-hmm. The Who, My Generation, mm-hmm. Alice Cooper, School's Out, <laughs> you know, right. uh, Aerosmith, Walk This Way. Yeah, it, everybody gets that one it. song that's going to be connected to them forever, mm-hmm. you know, and that it's not always the best song, but it's the one that made the biggest impact. Right, right, right. You know, Alice, it's been great talking to you, man. Hey. I, uh, like I said, I look forward to voting for you. I think I actually really will. Well, vote for me then. That's it. At least we'll take a vote away from the other guys and buy a T-shirt <laughs> and buy a T-shirt. <laughs> you know, I, when I went into this thing, I went like this. I said, "Look, I don't want to be president, but we have all these T-shirts we got to get rid of." Do you do this? Buy a T-shirt. <laughs> right, there you go. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's go the Gene Simmons route. <laughs> buy a T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, make America sick again. Vote Alice Cooper for president on Tuesday, November 8th, and get yourself a T-shirt before they're gone at AliceCooper.com, and they look cool. How could you not love his uh, platform? Get uh, Brian Johnson back in ACDC, cup holders for all airline seats, no talking in movie theaters, uh, selfie day, national selfie day. Alice is not afraid to take a stand. He is the best candidate, in my opinion, of the 2016 election. He's not afraid to take a stand, and neither am I. That's why I'm telling you to get to Amazon to pick up 
the new Alice Cooper record. Pick up the new Avenged Sevenfold album, The Stage. You're going to love it. When you do, use the Talk is Jericho Amazon links to make your pouches. Support A7X and TIJ in one click. You can find my Amazon links at podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button. I got Amazon links for USA, UK, Canada. Every time you use Talk is Jericho uh, links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to the show to help us cover production costs. No extra fees or hidden challenges. Buy anything you want and become a Talk is Jericho Amazon warrior. Post a picture of what you bought on Amazon at Talk is Jericho. I will retweet you and I will follow you. I haven't had any pictures for a while, so come on, man. Go buy something and let me see what you got, all right? Remember, podcast1.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. You're also going to find the rest of my great sponsors there, ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get 15% off the DDP Yoga program plus three full months access, uh, three full months of access to the DDP Yoga Now app, jackthreads.com. Use my promo code Jericho. Get 20% off any items you keep. MeUndies.com slash Jericho. Get 20% off your first order, the most comfortable undies ever. And then there's DraftKings. Play uh, Fantasy MMA. That's great. Use my promo code Y2J. Play for free with no deposit this weekend. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thanks to all of the great shows also uh, at the Jericho Network on Podcast One. Got another hit in our hands with Killing the Town with Storm and Cyrus. This week's episode, another good one. They break down the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view in a very smart, uh, intelligent way. They talk to uh, Scott Demore, one of the former TNA bookers, about the inside workings of Impact wrestling and booking uh, a wrestling company then you can go hit that subscribe button on killing the town subscribe and stars new episodes every tuesday subscribe and stars for the hilarious team tiger awesome they create their own president this week you gotta go check that out we created wrestler a few weeks ago now they're creating their own president ridiculous as always and of course the flagship show keeping it 100 with conan the huge hit on the jericho network this week it's a, a an mma special go check that out so subscribe and stars subscribe and stars and don't forget march 15th 2017 is the biggest on Talk is Jericho on March 15th, 2017, 129 days and counting. Speaking of big podcasts, I got another huge Talk is Jericho live coming up in uh, November 20th at the Bassett Theatre in Toronto with my special guest AJ Styles, the uh, SmackDown World Heavyweight Champion. You don't want to miss it. Get your tickets at markupmoments.com. We had one a few months ago with uh, Christian in New York City. It was great. Here we are with AJ Styles in Toronto on November 20th. Get some tickets. There's a handful of VIP tickets. You can get tickets for the special brunch early in the morning. It's the same day as Survivor Series, so come on down. Have breakfast with us. Have a great, uh, listen to a great conversation. Ask some questions. Get some autographs. Take some pictures. Then head on over to the to the arena for uh, for Survivor Series. All right, November twentieth in Toronto. Talk is Jericho live with AJ Styles. Markoutmoments.com. You get tickets. All right. Thank you for listening. Keep listening for the sixty second AP News headlines coming up next and next Wednesday. Jim the Anvil Neidhart is going to be here. Oh yeah, what a character he is. Joined by his son in law. T.J. Wilson, a.k.a. Tyson Kidd. It's going to be a great show recorded in the home of T.J. Wilson and Natty Neidhart. Jim the Anvil Neidhart and T.J. Wilson are going to be here next Wednesday getting back to some wrestling after three shows of rock and roll. But what a great uh, great week it's been. Thank you so much. Have a great, great weekend. Be cool. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And I'll talk to you next week from Europe, man. Yeah, boy. See you soon. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 